Let me see what this button does. Oh, um, sorry guys. Welcome to the episode 30 of Take It Easy. 3-0! Sorry, I've, I've run out of electricity. Had to plug in. So, um, let's talk about plug-in hybrids. Everyone's favorite subject. I just had... This is going to be off-the-cuff episodes just by myself. Um, if you're a fan of those, welcome. If, uh, if, you, if you're new, you perhaps want to skip this one and just go to one of my interview podcasts, uh, which is the previous ones. Um, anyway, let's talk about plug-in hybrids. So, what is a plug-in hybrid? Plug-in hybrid is basically a hybrid, hybrid of an ICE engine and a little electric engine with a little battery. But somebody just added a plug. The funny thing is, uh, eight years ago or so, when the uh, Priuses, which were the sort of the prototypical hybrids out there, uh, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago on the roads, when uh, when they were sold quite in a lot of volumes in uh, in Eastern European countries, uh, quite a lot of taxi drivers there actually uh, would add a, a, a sort of a, 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 an external cir- a charging circuitry to those cars and charge them overnight in their garages or whatever to save on fuel. Uh, and obviously that, that wasn't intended by the manufacturer, but, you know, it obviously worked. Um, funny f- Fun fact is the, uh, the, the high, uh, Priuses, uh, as, as a car, Retain their value very well because the uh, because of the low uh, low um, energy or, or fuel consumption, which obviously if you're a taxi driver, that's an amazing thing. I'm I'm not sure if it's still the trend. I would have to check. I haven't actually prepared that for this episode, but I prepared other facts obviously. Um, anyway, hybrids. So the, just let me just take this out of the the way because this is something that people often get confused about. There's two types of hybrids in general. There's a serial hybrid, my favorite, which basically, which means that the ICE engine does not drive the wheels. Um, it drives the generator, which then charges the battery, and then there's another motor that actually drives the wheels. Um, um, serial hybrids are, you know, the most efficient type of hybrid because you can tune the electric, uh, sorry, the ICE engine to within certain RPMs, and that way it's only kind of consuming the, you know, you basically, you know that your engine consumes the least amount of fuel per torque that it gives out. It's more efficient within, say, 1,000 and 1,500 RPM. And you just, you can restrict that engine to just go work in that um, envelope. And also you can, you know, you can engineer everything around it. That's great, right? Um, And then there's a... uh, Parallel hybrid, which means basically, usually what happens is you've got one set of wheel, wheels, front or back, that are driven by electric motor, and then the other set of wheels are driven by the ICE engine. 
and either one of them could be turned on and turned off. Uh, the electric motor could be turned into a generator, which charges the battery, and so on and so forth. Um, so just to give you an example, the parallel hybrid would be in the UK, sort of, say, Mitsubishi Outlander, loved by everybody. Uh, quite a popular hybrid. Uh, Phil, Phil Nash, my uh, co-host, who hasn't been on the episode for a long time because he's busy, but the um, he's got a Outlander and... Um, in one of the previous episodes, I've uh, I've I've spoke to him about it. And uh, spoiler alert: it's not a great uh, electric, pure electric uh, hybrid. Anyway, um, the serial hybrids, surprise, surprise, because it's the most efficient one. Um, companies such as Toyota and a couple of others. You know, whenever you hear the self-charging hybrids, uh, cre- incredibly misleading uh, um, <laughs> marketing term. Uh, they're usually serial hybrids. Um, although they, hmm, it gets complicated. It's uh, the, the, you know, there's, it's quite a clever uh, solution from an engineering point of view, but it's not very green. It just lowers the consumption of the fuel, basically. Um, anyway, so you know, we have our hybrids: serial, parallel, simple, right? You can either drive the wheels from with the ACE ICE engine directly, or through the battery. And then, you know, somebody just said, and let's just let's just put a plug on it. Great. Nothing wrong with that again. Um, let me just, you know, take another thing out of the way. I don't think people buying hybrids over um, pure ice cars are bad or, you know, we're not purists here. But what we, what we do care about is the adoption of uh, pure electric cars. Or, in my case... Uh, Battery electric cars. Uh, I don't care much for hybrid. I don't. Uh, sorry, I don't care much for hydrogen. Um, let's leave that for a, for a, another episode. Uh, but spoiler alert: hi, you know, hydrogen is not very efficient or green in the sort of production of it. Anyway, the full chain is what we look for, basically. Anyway, back to the plug-in hybrids. So that's the that's the description of what the hybrid is: plug-in hybrid. I, you know, again, most most plug-in hybrids, basically what happens is you go to the uh, garage and you say, I like this car. The color is great. My wife likes the interior or my husband likes the interior. I like the, you know, people buy cars. I'm not trying to stereotype here, but people do buy cars for silly reasons. Like they like the look of the wheels. They like the look of the car on the outside. They like the color. It's quite often, oh, I like that color. Can I get that color? It's, it's, uh, you'd be surprised. Anyway, um, and, uh, you know, somebody then says, oh, yeah, but this is electric, and, oh, no, there's not enough charging points. Oh, no, where, where am I going to charge it? Um, to which the, uh, that's usually the salesman, obviously, telling you all that, because, you know, you came to the garage without making your own mind up. And then he says, but, but I have this car who actually is... This is the best of both worlds. This is both electric and it's got an engine. So you can just, you know, you can do, do it the way you do it now. Um, as with anything in life, obviously, when you get the best of the both worlds, you get none of the, n- nothing that's best in both worlds. You get a compromise, right? And obviously compromises come in all sorts of shapes and forms. Um, again, listen to the episode with Phil, where he described uh, uh, how uh, 
Here's Alexander struggles when the battery goes flat. Um, yeah, so, you know, such person usually just drives off the lot and, and you know, is happy that they have something that's green. And, yeah, it is greener. It just lowers your emissions. But it's not an electric car. Uh, this is where I, I... This is going to be a personal gripe, but when, you know, plug-in hybrid um, doesn't contain the word electric vehicle. However, PHEV, which is the the marketing term that uh, somebody forced in on, uh, onto the, um, the the messaging, and on some cars it's actually, the EV bit is actually larger, um, is kind of annoying me because they're not EVs. Um, there could be EVs if you, you know, if you decided to just drive it on EVs, but um, in practice, the, 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 the sort of the real world um, range is not what you would um, what you'd been promised. So I've you know I've, I've I did a bit of uh, I didn't want to be just talking to you from my own point of view, even though this is a podcast you tuned in because you want to hear my point of view, obviously, and my my way of interviewing other people. But today's episode is just me. Um, so I've I've just googled around and I've you know. I've been around the block a few times. I've driven a couple of uh, plug-in hybrids as a sort of test, uh, just to see what they'd be like. Um, and uh, quite when I what I was trying to one one of the figures I was trying to get is, you know, the stated figure when you get the car um, sold to you. The, I'm talking about the pure EV range or electric range um, versus the the real life. And surprise, surprise. Uh, because the battery's small, so therefore it's not as efficient as the uh, as it would be if it was a pure electric car. Uh, s- some sites claim, you know, from sort of sixty to seventy percent, uh, the real life, the real world uh, use range compared to what the manufacturers have stated, which is not too bad. Um, I mean, I say it's not too bad. It's it's rubbish. Obviously, it, it should be they should be saying what the real life range is. Um, but I'll give you this is the this is from which which is like a um, testing uh, site in the UK, a subscription based testing. But this is a freely available um, information if you just Google which uh, electric uh, uh, plug in hybrid range we have. I mean, this is this is, but this is actually not uh, matching my information. But this is what they say: uh, Mitsubishi Outlander, which I've mentioned, the stated claimed battery range is thirty-three miles. The real life is thirty-one. Nah, I'm sure Phil would disagree. Um, oddly enough, according to them, the VW Golf GTE. Uh, it's thirty something, thirty-two miles. This is a graph, so I can't see the actual, you know. I'm just kind of reading uh, through the uh, the microphone. <laughs> um, it says it matches the, the, the stated claim, which is surprising. Um, there's other, I think the worst one here is BMW second, 2 Series Active Tourer Hybrid. The stated claim is 25 miles, which is just terrible. And Tourer Hybrid is 17 miles. A real, sorry, a real life uh, uh, range is 17 miles. Uh, it's just terrible. Like, all of them basically are off by sort of roughly, you know, 20%. Uh, 
Uh, and again, the the Rangers are terrible. Like the 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 one that is the has the higher highest stated range is the plug-in hybrid Toyota Prius and uh, Hyundai Ioniq plug-in hybrid. And the manufacturer stated range is thirty-eight miles, and the real-life mileage is sort of between thirty-two and thirty-four. So, not great. Another website that I found, um, just I think it was Fleet News, uh, which is the most recent kind of figure that I could find, is it says just sixty-one percent less efficient in real-world use. But this is, um, I think, they're talking about the fuel consumption, um, which is again what people care about at the end of the day, right? Um, I I had I had a uh, stated uh, sort of you know. I asked people on the on the podcast about it on the podcast Twitter feed, which is at Take It EV. It's plastered everywhere. Um, if you look for Take It EV podcast on the Twitters, you'll find me with the logo. Um, but basically, uh, the 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 bottom line is people are you know saying you know twenty twenty five miles uh, is the is the sort of the range that they they'd get. Nobody's nobody's actually so far. Um, Ticked the forty plus miles, which I'd be really surprised. I'm sure some of the newer newer ones do do that. Anyway, so that's the yeah, that, that's the hybrid. What what hybrid is? It's it lowers your your combined um, fuel intake. Yes, it is sometimes an electric car when you put it in pure electric mode. If you have control over it, not all plug-in hybrid actually give you full control over it because obviously you don't want to run out of charge in in the middle of the motorway. And some of them actually don't do very well on the motorway surprise surprise um what the uh, what plug-in hybrid is not is not an electric car um despite the fact that they're called phevs they're not evs um there's a reason why there's a ph in front of it basically um and it, it just annoys me to no end when people say oh yeah i've got one of those <laughs> i can, yeah i can give you an example i, I actually speaking of, of of that sort of a story i've had um People working on neighbors' house and you know commenting on our on our electric car back back then and um, on on a Nissan Leaf and said he just turned up in in his you know big diesel van. He said, "Oh, I have one of these." I'm like, "Oh, which one do you have?" "Oh, I've got an Outlander." And I was like, "No, darling, you've got a hybrid." Um, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but, you know, um, I'm sorry that it's not a pure EV. It's great. But I'm I'm just worried that I, you know, that I I it's a pure bias, obviously. But because I'm in the sort of the the electric vehicle world, and I surround myself with people who are, you know, usually on Twitter, I've engaged with lot, loads of people there. Again, at Take It EV. Uh, I get I hear uh, from loads of people who anytime I I I fire any criticisms towards plug-in hybrids, that say, oh yeah yeah, but you know. It's a great stepping stone, and every electric mile counts, and all that. And this is all great, but I'm hearing from people who had that positive experience, and they did make the effort to buy their neck nec- for their next car to be pure electric uh, car. Um, what I don't hear is the you know the 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 huge amount of people who don't do that because they either can't charge the uh, the car at home because they live in a flat. Or they, um, or they actually they don't care. They just bought the car because they had tax incentives, or you know, or their local uh, area required them to 
to have a cleaner car to get into a certain zone that they wanted to drive into. And, you know, I, I hate to be cynical, but in practice, people are lazy and and like that. It's just, you know, there's a lot of people who do that. And the longer I live, and I don't want to give you my life story, but, you know, I've had quite a few bad experiences in my life. Um, I'm in sort of approaching my mid-40s. And uh, and people are just like that. And I have to be, I have to be honest, we can't just be always, you know, kumbaya about everything in the world. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Hybrids are not bad, but they're not electric cars. I'll be right back. Okay, Doug, um, let's talk about some real-life gripes that I have with hybrids. Um, so what quite often happens is, um, is let's talk about charging infrastructure, <laughs> shall we? Um, so the charging infrastructure is there. Um, it is growing rapidly. What is not happening is the uh, there isn't enough charging infrastructure, charging points, at least in the UK, I'm talking about my local kind of area uh, in the in the world. There isn't enough charging out there for plug-in hybrids to use them on the go. Because we're talking about uh, plug-in hybrids, so let's just tie that into it. So what quite often happens is I turn up at the, uh, oh, quite often, but in places where there's one or two chargers only, and there's a fuel crisis, say, uh, like there was recently, uh, you turn up at the charger and there's a plug-in hybrid plugged in. Owners not be nowhere to be seen. Quite few plug-in hybrids actually have a CCS or uh, or Chadmo port, which again I don't understand why. Um, well, um, and uh, and you know the car has taken say ten kilowatts of the uh, ten kilowatt hours, sorry, of the power, but the the car's been there for thirty forty minutes. Uh, in that time, I could take. 50, 60 uh, kilowatt hours in those cars that actually have way bigger batteries even than that. So <sighs> I don't mind plug-in hybrids using public charging infrastructure as long as it's the destination chargers, you know, the 7 kilowatt chargers. Basically, please don't block DC chargers. You've got a plug on the car. Yes, great. But you haven't been given the cable. Just go and buy it. It's 90 quid. Seriously. Um, if you, especially if you don't have a charger at home, uh, just, you know, the seven kilowatt hour posts, there's loads of them, they will cost you pennies or they're quite often free at uh, shopping centers. And, um, and you know, you're going you're gonna to make, make people much happier. Um, I, I, I am sick and tired of having to explain to uh, plug-in hybrid owners that they shouldn't be using uh, rapid chargers because they, they always tell me, oh, yeah, but the chargers, you know, are 10, 15... 20 kilowatts at peak, yes, great, but you're going to be here for, you know, half an hour or more, and you're going to get 30 miles out of it. I, I actually need the uh, the charge to actually get to my destinations. You don't. There's a reason why you bought a plug-in hybrid. With all my love, seriously, you bought a plug-in hybrid because you wanted to have the best of both worlds. Just, you know, that's the, that's the reality of it. Um, I, I quite often hear, oh yeah, I've got a plug-in hybrid, but I've just only ever like filled the, the tank like three times in my life. Why did you buy it then? Seriously. Um, you've spent all this time 
eking all that power. And you could have you just bought yourself a, a used uh, ice car and then take a taxi or a train the, rest, the, the, the other times. You would have saved yourself so much money. Um, so don't, don't give me any of that. And garages, please just include a uh, charging cable with a hybrid, please. It, you can get it for 70 quid, you know, wholesale. I can, give, I can Just email me, I can send you a link, please. I'll make the manufacturer happy and I'll make your customers happy. Um, you just have to buy them in bulk. And if you're selling lo- loads of hybrids, great. And if I can say something to the chargers and uh, chargers, like, let me talk to your charger. No, I'm not a, I'm not a cloud. Uh, <laughs> terrible joke. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the uh, let me talk to the uh, charging. Uh, companies and and sort of you know owners of the the charging networks please 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 implement some sort of a mechanism that turns off uh, the charging when it goes below say 10 kilowatts that you know that sort of output for sustained output measure measure the um the, the window uh you know the prior say two minutes and if the average is below 10 kilowatts just turn it off you're going to self yourself save yourself money because you usually charge people per the power delivered um you're gonna get more happier customers um that way and you're gonna discourage anybody who has a tiny little battery or wants to charge to 100 percent because there's people like that out there as well still uh you just you're just gonna make everybody more much happier and you're gonna you're gonna make more money it's a win 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 and you know, and always have a post or two next to the charger that actually has a you know twenty-two kilowatts three-phase charging available, so that a plug-in hybrid your owner can actually charge. Um, I mean, I personally go as far as saying you know don't sell or don't allow people with plug-in hybrids to to use a rapid charging socket, especially if there's just one charger. If there's a you know if there's ten of them, if it's a service station and there's like. 10, 20 of them, then go for it. But if it's just a, a single charger, like, trust me, you've lost a lot of uh, business uh, because people will turn away when they see a plug-in hybrid charge there, charging there. And the way that the trends are going now for the next two, three years, there's going to be more plug-in hybrids on the road than pure charging cars, uh, pure electric cars, sorry. Um, and there's going to be, you know, there's going to be much, like, they might have sold plug-in hybrids on the roads uh, month by month uh, compared to the BEVs is higher. So uh, those people will be clogging up the infrastructure. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a reality. And by disincentivizing dis- <laughs> them from using those chargers, we would improve it. We would improve the imaging and just, keep, just put a clear sign saying, if you're a you know, plug-in hybrids there, um, real uh, electric cars here. It's simple as that. It it I think it would help everybody. I'm not I'm not saying you know discourage people from using uh, destination chargers. Um, I'm just saying rapid chargers shouldn't be used by a, a plug-in hybrid owner. Again, you bought a car because you you wanted to get the best of the world, both worlds. You were afraid about infrastructure, whatever your reasons were. But you know you've made that purchase. And you need to use it within that frame. It's a bit silly to, you know, trying to explain to me that you're going to stop at a service station because you want to do 20, 30 miles on electric. Um, I mean, charge at home, 
whatever you know there's a reason why you bought that particular car it's not fit for purpose if you're going to stop at rapids to to um to go 30 miles a day on the rapid charger it's it just it's not um that's just my gripe um with it i know people differ on this but um i <laughs> this is i'm going to quote uh sort of uh, let me rephrase what they say. I don't want to quote people verbatim, but the uh, you know in reality a plug-in hybrid is the best. Or you promised a car a plug-in hybrid to be the best of both worlds: emission-free electric uh, car running, but with an onboard petrol or diesel engine, which eliminates the need to you know stop for long times at the ch- service stations on your journeys. However, unless you can regularly recharge the battery and make use of its only electric range, you'll never get the claimed fuel economy. And mind you, you shouldn't buy a plug-in hybrid if you want to go electric. Just look for a second-hand electric car. The, you know, because I quite often hear from people, oh yeah, um, I would have bought uh, an electric car, but they're super expensive. Look for a second-hand car. You know, um, Chances are you've got more than one car in your family. Sadly, the way, especially the British um, uh, public is going, uh, is people have at least one car per member of the family uh, who's 16 or older. Um, and this has to change. I, you know, but the chances are you have more than car, enough cars already and you can replace one of them with pure electric car. And you can buy yourself an Nissan Leaf, BMW i3, Zoe, whatever it would be. It will cost you less than £10,000. And trust me, you're going to love it. You're going to save, save yourself a lot of money on petrol and or diesel or whatever. And it's going to be a, a much better experience than you having uh, uh, plug-in hybrids. I I hear from people all the time. Uh, I, I've got conservative members of, of the family who are... Uh, super annoying basically they're you know they're against all the values i cherish in life um who bought themselves a plug-in hybrid and keep on telling me that no no, i I couldn't get an inferior electric car you can't i can't go from essex to cornwall on one charge i'm like you're not gonna drive uh, oh yeah but i'm a you know lorry driver i'm used to driving eight hours a day at 60 miles an hour mate you could <laughs> and you still have to stop. Uh, people are just—I <clears throat> usually don't don't uh, swear a lot, but people are full of shit. Yeah, <clears throat> you didn't hear me say that. Anyway, that's my short episode. Uh, I'll come back with more episodes in the future. There's, you know, there's loads of things going on behind the scenes, but I had loads of scheduling mishaps. Um, in the past month or two, bit of personal family issues to deal with, so I couldn't uh, get on in front of the microphone or even, you know, schedule any anything with people. So I'm sorry if um, if nothing's coming up uh, to your liking. But trust me, I am trying to create some great content. Again, my idea here behind the podcast is not to do it uh, just for the sake of it, and you know, talk to you every week and sell you stuff. I'm trying to create something that will be listened to and kind of make you think, make you discover new things and also be relevant in a, in, a, in a year. Not necessarily this episode, but most of the interviews that I'm trying to conduct are kind of a bit more broad 
and uh, and optimistic. So if you've gotten this far, thank you for uh, listening. And uh, and I'll see you in a short uh, moment with hopefully an amazing interview. Thank you guys.